Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Hey, if you are four years old all the way up to... <laughs> Did you just see my son? He just like sat there and I said, hey, if you're... I'm like, if you leave that chair a second early, man, pastors, kids. We've been on a nine-week uh, sermon series called Ripe Up, uh, looking at the fruits of the Spirit together. And uh, today is the ninth week, you all, so it's, it's the last one. And then we're going to have a little bit of break with Harvest Festival, and then uh, we're going to go right into... Uh, I know you guys are going to be like, uh, please don't do this to me, but we're going to go into a sermon series called Emmanuel, God with us to get us ready for Christmas. And I know that like it's November 8th, right? And, uh, and it's not supposed to be Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Like we don't like, well, actually yesterday, for some reason, my kids listened to Christmas music yesterday. I don't get it, but um, but uh, usually we don't listen to Christmas music until after Thanksgiving. Well, I don't. Um, but, uh, and then uh, the, the cool thing about that is we're going to look at uh, three stories of God being with his people in the Old Testament and, and, and how that went. And then we're, we're actually going to culminate on uh, Christmas, uh, the, the week of Christmas, on the return of Christ. Um, and so, uh, not that not the coming of Christ when He was born, but the return of Christ. And and I'm really looking forward to looking at Revelation in um, uh, in Christmas time. It'll be really fun and exciting. And so, uh, be uh, looking forward to that sermon series on uh, Emmanuel, God with us. But today we get to look at the very last. Uh, fruit of the Spirit. And remember that this fruit of the Spirit is not an exhaustive list. It is not a, it's not a list in which we say, hey, once we've got this, we're completely done. Uh, we're f- we're, we are so filled with the Holy Spirit that we're perfect. No, there's, there's many more, but uh, Paul is uh, writing to the Galatians and he's saying, hey, remember, these are the things that should mark your life. And so Galatians 5.22, if you have your Bibles open, uh, you can turn to there. If you are on version, you can definitely find um, all of the sermon notes on there, and this is what Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. And what he's saying there when he's saying that very end, there is no law against these things, is like when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we're walking in what God wants us to do anyway. And so here we go. We are, we are fulfilling these things that God has asked us to do. And so today I want to start with a definition of self-control. And then after I do that, I'd like to pray with you. Uh, but the, uh, the definition of self-control is this, is uh, the biblical definition is the virtue of one who masters his desires and passions, especially his sensual appetites. His appetite for the things of this world. Okay? Let's pray this morning. Lord, as we seek to be filled with your Holy Spirit, each one of these things in our lives has been building up have been helping us to to see it ultimately started with love. 
And Lord, as we just continue to build the foundation, Lord, as we dive into self-control, would we would we be willing to see where we don't have self-control in our lives? Lord, would we be willing to see how you come in and you work in us? Lord, we open our hearts towards you and we, we ultimately give our lives to you this morning. Lord, make us anew. In your name we pray. Amen. So one of the things about self-control for me is that uh, I'm always, if, if there was one on this list that I could go, I definitely don't have it, right? Self-control would be it for me. Some of you in this room are like, no, self-control is the easiest thing, right? Like when, uh, when my wife and I are constantly fighting, well, not constantly fighting, when, I, when we talk about self-control, wow, let's start over here. Baby, we fight a lot, don't we? I'm just joking. No. Uh, when we're talking about self-control, she's like, it's easy, just quit, right? It's e-, and I'm like, no, like, I can't quit on a roll of Oreos, guys. On a sleeve of Oreos, you just got to finish the whole thing. Like, if you quit, you're a quitter, right? And she would say, no, if you quit, you have self-control, right? And so there, there's a little bit difference there. And and I, I do, I get envious, right? If, there, if there's one thing, self-control on this list has been the hardest. And so then I've been sitting here all week long going, how am I supposed to preach self-control? Because if you're anything like me, what happens is, is you'll go and do something and you, uh, you know that it is not the right thing to do, right? You just did not have self-control on it, whether it's in your thought process of just going, of just going down a spiral in a dark hole and then all, having all sorts of negative self-talk. And then once you get down to the bottom of that, you're so mad at yourself for having negative self-talk that you just go deeper, Right? And then, or if you sit there and you go, oh man, uh, I ate way too much tomorrow, I'm not going to eat at all, right? And so like it's this pendulum that swings way back and forth. It's never like constant. The people that have self-control seem to be really just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm constant. I don't waver much back and forth. And I feel like most of the time to get to anywhere I'm going, I look like a snake, right? Back and forth. And, I, and, I, and I'm just like, God, would you help me to have self-control either with my own own, uh, with my own self-esteem things, with my, uh, with how I just deal with my temper and my anger, right? There's, there's times where I, I totally like go off the rails, right? My wife is just like, it's never like straight line with you. You either, you're either like yelling or you're just like way too passive that the kids get anything they want. Like, let's just be, let's just like, let's just stay the course, I think that's what self-control really is. And, and really, if, if we could just boil down to like, I, I felt like this week, I was like, I really don't have to preach on this, right? Like, just have self-control. There's this idea of self, know who you are, know who God is. And we've been talking about this all along through all these things, love, joy, peace, patience, right? And so as we know who, we know who's and whose we are, man, then we just have to control ourselves in that aspect. But so many verses came out to go to me this week to go, hey, what if we looked at self-control a little bit differently? 
What if we looked at it in terms of maybe three definitions that we can take every day for ourselves and go, okay, this is the building blocks for how I'm going to look at my day to day. And not having such a pendulum swing where one day kind of ruins the next day, but that we would go, no, I'm just building off of yesterday or I'm building off of a couple days ago. Or if, that, if I have gone out of control, how do I get back on it? And so I, I couldn't come up with a clever phrase of, of, any, of self-control. So here it is. is we're going to do the three is's of self-control today, okay? And so the first one, self-control is being able to be present in every situation with your mind, body, and soul. Self-control is being able to be present in every situation with your mind, body, and soul. It is at this very moment knowing exactly what's going on inside of you, what's going on around you, and being present to go, I'm going to be able to capture this. How many of us, when a situation doesn't come in to our, uh, doesn't match what we go, we just lose our minds, right? This, this week it happened, and I know she's going to be completely, um, she's going to be completely upset with me when I say this because I didn't ask her if it was okay, so I'm going to just say it. Uh, this week our website went down. Right. If you went onto our, if you went onto uh, um, our, our inner the interwebs and you were like, "Hey, GlasgowEC.Church," it was nowhere to be found. Right. All of our emails weren't coming in. I was waiting for uh, I was waiting for emails to come back to me, and all of a sudden, like I I went into Olivia's office. I'm like, "There's nothing working," and you just see her like do one of these things, like I don't know what to do. Right? It's like she's like freaking out. She's like, "I'm so sorry. I'm not good in these situations." Right? And I'm like, "How about you just leave your chair, go walk, and I'll look at some of these things." Right? And she's like, "It's like yeah, I I need to have better control." self-control in these situations. For me, I think it's that, uh, for me, when I talk about situations in uh, my body, I'm, I'm not joking when I say that um, I stress eat because yesterday I did eat a whole sleeve of Oreos. Um, and it was one of those things where I felt like, ah, oh, why can't I just get this under control to kind of know what's going on around me? And just going, no, it's okay. It's all right. I I can, I can calm myself down for a second, really know what's going on. And I think uh, there's tons of verses that go right on to this about talking about our mind and our body and our soul. 1 Peter 5.8 says this. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. When we are not present in our mind, body, and soul, we do some ridiculous things. And the devil is just waiting for us to mess up, right? We can get mad all of a sudden because something doesn't go our way, and so we lose control of our anger. We lose control of our mouth. We lose control of our mind, and Satan attaches onto that, and he just looks for someone to devour. I love this idea of devour. It is not like looks for somebody to nip at, right? Looks for, he's not talking about ankle biting here. No, he's talking about I, he wants to destroy us. 
in a world in which we're so divided about one thing or the other, this is something that we really have to be careful of. First Corinthians 10:13. The temptation in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. When we're present, when we know the situation that's going around with us, when we take a step back to go, I need to have self-control, we're able to realize that, no, God has got us and he's going to walk us through with this. There are some things that we go through that seem like they can spiral out of hand. There are things inside of us that just want to take control and go, no, I, I'm, going, I'm going this way instead of the way of God. And God is saying right here, no, don't, don't worry about it. God is faithful and will not allow the temptations to be more than you can stand, which means he gives us a way out every single time. Philippians 4.8 says this, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When we're present in every situation, we can take our mind and we can go, no, our soul is attached to God. God is already taking care of us. He's faithful, and now we need to think on the things that are correct. And the final verse in, actually, sorry, there's two more verses, but the Matthew 6.33 says this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. In this moment when everything seems out of control and, and nothing is going right and I don't have self-control, what grounds me? And the thing that should ground us is seeking the kingdom of God above all else. Not seeking the right friend to talk to to get us out of these anxious moments. Not seeking, uh, seeking the, the bottom of a bottle. Not seeking uh, the pills that we have. Not seeking, man, just isolation. But no going, I just need to seek the kingdom of God first. And I'll tell you, I, I don't do well with that. I think that there's a lot of times where I would rather go and get good feelings from people that maybe might be on my side or uh, I, I look for different wisdom other than going, no, I want to seek God first. And we do that in different ways, right? We do that by talking to godly people, but it needs to be a godly conversation. We, we do that by possibly reading, um, well, not possibly, by reading scripture and by praying. But it needs to be, no, we're seeking God's kingdom first. And I meant to put this verse at the front, but, I, but I'm going to read it anyway. It's Proverbs 14, 29. 
People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. The second is of self-control is self-control allows us to be prepared to respond to God at any moment. And how we do that is we can respond to God in prayer, we can respond to God in scripture, we can respond to God physically by doing what he's asking us to do. I love, I love this, uh, you know, you, um, you, you hear these kind of quotes all the time, right? The, the people who fail to plan, plan to fail, right? You hear all this different stuff. And I, and I think this is one of those things for me is when we don't have self-control, when we, when we haven't been taking care of what God is asking us to take care of and we need the Holy Spirit to be working through us, when we aren't in control, we're not able to be used by God in, in ways that I think he wants us to, wants to be able to use us. And if, if anything, this teaches us that we need more and more of the spirit to be inside of us to have self-control. Proverbs 25, 28 says, a person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Can you, can you picture the imagery of that? doesn't protect anybody. It doesn't, doesn't really help out anything. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Sometimes I, I think of this, I, I think of this picture when I see that is, is man, when, when, we're, when we're so broken, how are we going to be able to help out other people well? And I know that there's all those cliches that, hey, man, we still need to help out in our brokenness and all that, and that's, that's not what I'm getting at. I think God is calling us to have self-control so that we are aware of every situation and go, okay, God, what are you asking me to do in this situation? First Peter 4, 7 says this, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. How are you doing in your self-control and prayers? Are you frantically coming to God Whenever something needs to happen, are you all of a sudden going, oh, I haven't been with you. Oh, my goodness, God, now I got to pray to you. Are you steady and are you disciplined in prayers? Are you earnest in those things? Are you bouncing everywhere to this or that thing? Or are you, God, no, I've, I've got this. Here we go. One of the, I think the, one of the biggest blights sometimes in, in maybe a pastor's world is when somebody says, hey, I've got all these problems, and what do they respond? Yeah, I'll be praying about that. Do we make sure that we're writing them down and going, God, no, I'm absolutely going to be praying for that. Because, God, I know that this world is short right now, and there's not a lot of time. Be self-controlled in our prayers. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when you are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. 
When we have no self-control, we, we are not aware of our surroundings, and so we can't do what God is asking us to do because we don't realize what Scripture is all about. When we are bathed in Scripture in these situations, when it could be easily to spiral out of control, we sit there and we say, no, what is Scripture really saying? And then the last thing is found in 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27. And, and I want to sit on this one for just a little while. Um, this one's a longer one. But when I was thinking about this idea of having self-control and what God is asking us to do, I'm curious about uh, being able to sit back and go, okay, God, in this very situation, what are you calling me to do? 1 Corinthians 9, 19 through 27, even though I am free, I, I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who follow the Jews, Jewish law, I too lived under that law, even though I am not subject to the law. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I am with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too live apart from that law so I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. When I am with those who are weak, I share with their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessing. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only the one, well, only one person gets the prize, so I run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for, for an eternal prize, so I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after, after preaching to others, I, might find my, I, I myself might be disqualified. When it comes to self-control, and it comes to seeking God's kingdom first, and it comes to being able to be used by God at every single moment when I am under control, I start to realize this is what's the most important the most important thing is not just seeking God's, God's uh, kingdom first, but also going, God, what is it that you're going to have me do? How am I to live? All so that I can bring some to Christ. Which once again comes back to what we've been saying this whole entire time is all of these spiritual gifts all of these fruits that God is, uh, that, that the Holy Spirit wells up inside of us are for one express purpose alone, and that is to glorify God. That is to bring people into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Our lives spent for His glory, not for our own benefits. And the last is self-control is grounded in hope of the present and the future at the same time. Self-control is grounded in hope of the present and the future at the same time. 
I really like this verse in Philippians 1.21. For me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. Some of you guys might have memorized it like this, right? To live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, we've, we've, uh, uh, this is the NLT translation. And, and I, I love this is because it, it means that he's living in both worlds. He's living in the present meaning this is what I need to do right now, but I'm also looking for the hope of the future. The hope of the future is that I get to be with Christ. This is not the end, and so I can have self-control in this moment. I don't go off the rails because I'm looking at things that I don't have and wanting to strive to get it and going, doing whatever I can, but no, I am poised. I am sober-minded. I am doing what God is asking me to do. I have control, mind, body, and soul. I am looking at God in every situation going, God, what are you asking me to do? And my self-control is then grounded in the hope of this present time right now and the future. Titus 2, 11 through 14 says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, and we are instructed to turn from godly, godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when, we, when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave this life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. I wonder if we bounce back and forth. And when I was thinking about self-control, I was thinking that pendulum swing of going, we, in, we live for God all the time, but then sometimes we let this world drag us down. And, and, and I would love the pendulum just to stay on one side. But the question is, is do I have the hope that God offers do I have the hope of knowing that all of this is not just in vain, right? Do I have the hope that, no, I'm doing all of this because I understand what's at the end. I understand that Christ died on the cross for us. I understand that, man, my sin was always going to separate me from Christ, or from God. And that Christ, God in the flesh, came for us, died rose victorious so that we could then give our lives spent for him. So when we look at self-control and, and those aspects of I want to be present right now in every situation, that I want to do what God wants me to do in this moment, and that I have the hope of what I'm doing right now is also not only dealing with today, but it's also dealing with the future. I want to leave this sermon series, and I know that some of you are looking at your watch going, man, we're getting done really early. I really want to clean the backstage. No, just joking. I just don't want to belabor the point, but I do want to sit on a section that I think would wrap up our time together and looking at the fruit of the Spirit. And it's found in Romans chapter 12. And uh, 
if you are, are familiar with any of, of Romans, this is kind of the whole entire uh, living sacrifice portion of Scripture. But I, I want to read it with you, and I want to take it a little bit slowly because I, I, I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit um, in this section as I read it. And um, I want to start with the the reading the fruit of the Spirit first, and it says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So when I read Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 3, I want you to think about the fruit of the Spirit as I read this. And see how it matches up. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring yourself by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each of us has a special function, so it is with the Christ body. We are many parts of one body and we belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with, such, with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with general affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but look, sorry, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. feel like I could read that scripture over just every single day for the rest of my life and still not have it all. When I look at all of, all of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, this is how I live those out.
And so if there's not so, if uh, once again, it's not a checklist like, yep, I've got this done. It is a constant going, God, it is a fight in my soul. And I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want you to fill me up so that I can be used by you and spent by you. I want to close the sermon uh, this morning by asking the worship team to come up, but would you do me a favor? Um, there is the prayer card, prayer card straight in front of you, and can every single one of you just grab out that prayer card? I'm not going to, if there's not enough, go find one around the seats, but I want everyone who's sitting down to grab a prayer card. You're not going to turn this into me, so please just go ahead and grab one. Uh, I'll wait for you to do it. If you, uh, if you even need a connection card, that's fine, but I would love everybody to grab one. Hopefully you grabbed a pen while you grabbed it. <laughs> Here's what I want you to write on that, okay? If you share pen or whatever, um, for those of you who are at home online, just grab a sheet of paper because, or uh, I'll even challenge you to this, but um, would you be willing to write your name in that, uh, that first top part that says name? Remember that you're not turning these into me. I don't, unless you want to, but here's um, what I want to do. This last, uh, this last song we're singing is called Holy Spirit. And in the tagline, it based, well, in the chorus tagline, the chorus, you can tell that I don't know music very well. Uh, but in the chorus, it talks about Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place, fill the atmosphere. And, and really what it's getting at is, God, we are just yours. I want your Holy Spirit to fill me and use me. And so here's what I would love you to do. This week, I'd love you to pray, not on all of these, right? I, I want you to look at this list, and I'll have them bring up this verse, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But for the next week, would you be willing to write down on your card what you know that you need help with the Holy Spirit from? Would you write on there, God, I, I am not gentle. So God, would you fill me with your spirit so that I can have gentleness if you don't have self-control would you write down self-control I, I don't want you to write five okay there are some of you in this room that want to be like I'm not good at any of those and so I just need all of them no I want you to start with one I just want you to start with one and, and maybe for you you need to hear this song and uh, you just need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to tell you what the Holy Spirit wants you to work on. But would you just simply take out that card and would you write down, God, I need your Holy Spirit to fill me with this. Or for some of you, you could say, God, your Holy Spirit needs to ripen this fruit in my life. And then I want you to stick it in your Bible. And I would love you to stick it at Romans chapter 12. And all week long, you can read that. You can look at the, uh, you can look at your card and you can continue to pray every single day. And it's not one of those things, once again, I'm not trying to get you to be one of those things where check, I've got it, but know that you would actually go, nope, okay, I, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I, God, I know this is another thing I need. 
starts at one at a time. Because guess what's going to happen is, is you're going to feel at some day that you've got this self-control thing uh, under control. And then you're going to go and go, man, I'm just not very gentle right now. And I'm going to go back to gentleness. I'm going to go back to these things. But here's the biggest thing is, would you just be willing to be filled with the Spirit at every single moment? Because this is what happens when we are filled with the Spirit. It's not white-knuckling it to get self-control. It is going, no, I know that I can't do this on my own. I need the Holy Spirit's help. And as we get done with the song, I'll come up and close us in prayer. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.